back to the weekly. I'm Charlie. I'm Isaac. I'm Ron. I'm Quint. It's week seven of winter quarter. So first up, we have Ron with Federal Work Study update. Yeah, so changes to the Chicago minimum wage and decreases in work study allocation that can be distributed by the Department of Education could mean that federal work study funding could expire this spring. Um, the Department of Education allocates work-study funds to colleges, and this funding is used to pay 75% of on-campus jobs for students, while 25% of the salary is paid for directly by employers. So, say you're a student who uses work-study for one of your jobs on campus. What would this practically mean for these types of students? Well, a spokesperson from the Department of Education said that work-study employers have the option of cutting back on hours or employing fewer students to deal with the decreased funding. And then in terms of what the college had to say about the decreased funding, Mariel Senvilas, news office spokesperson for the college, stated that the university did not anticipate any changes to the program for the rest of the school year. Next up, Charlie, you've got your story on uh, recent developments with the calls for CBA regarding the Obama Center. Can you first remind us what a CBA is and then tell us what the story is here? Yeah, so essentially a CBA is a legal contract forcing developers to provide certain benefits to the communities that they build in. So this is relevant to UChicago in that the organization UChicago for a CBA recently began circulating a petition urging the university to sign a community benefits agreement pertaining to the upcoming construction of the Obama Presidential Center. Federica Ferrari, one of the lead organizers of UChicago for a CBA, is demanding that jobs created around the Presidential Center go to Woodlawn residents as well as that the center provides quality education and affordable housing for local residents. There are already plans in the works to pass a community benefits agreement through a city council ordinance, thus making the university and the Obama Center compliant even without them as signatories. UChicago for a CBA, however, is hopeful that the university will comply with their petition without outside city pressure. I'm sure all of you have heard about the lockdown on Monday. Isaac has a little more to tell us about the incident. Right, so at around uh, 11.48 in the morning, a stolen black Dodge Charger, believed to have been involved in a robbery of a GameStop uh, south of campus, ran a red light um, at the intersection of the Midway and South Woodlawn Avenue, supposedly while being chased by other police officers. In the process, it damaged two additional cars. The driver of one of the vehicles escaped without an injury, but the status of the other is currently unknown. Police say that all five suspects that were uh, involved in the robbery and were considered to be armed and dangerous were apprehended, and this was issued to the university at around 12.50 p.m. So where specifically on campus did this event happen? Obviously, the car accident happened uh, on the Midway, but one of the suspects fled the Dodge Charger and police pursued on foot. Uh, the suspect was arrested immediately after the crash, according to one of the emails. And additionally, around 30 police officers cornered multiple suspects in the SIA Hall of Economics, uh, though it's unclear whether all of the remaining suspects fled into the building. However, the suspects in SIA were later apprehended around 1240. The police on the scene said no one was hurt inside SIA and there was no substantial property damage. Now, of course, the coverage of this story has also um, become sort of its own story in itself namely how the Maroon published a photograph of one of the suspects leaving SIA. Charlie, could you just quickly update us on that? Yeah, so as part of a new breaking news update, the Maroon editors published a photo of one of the suspects leaving SIA. Many have voiced concern about the published photo on the Maroon's website because the suspect appears to be underaged. Many of the Maroon editors have also released a letter to the editor urging them to take down the photo saying, 
Furthermore, publishing the photo perpetuates a false, racist, and dangerous narrative about crimes in and around Hyde Park that undermine our goal of accurate journalism. 29 people have co-signed this letter to the editor so far. The decision to keep up the photo was made unilaterally by the editors-in-chief. Now that brings up um, another way that the event was covered or how the university sent out their alerts regarding the event. Ram, could you tell us more about that? Yeah, so as you guys all probably know, uh, the university released three alerts during the incident. The first one advising all students to shelter in place. The second one uh, talking about the apprehension of a few of the robbers. And the third one talking about the all clear response. And then we also received two updates from Eric Heath, the Associate Vice President of Safety and Security on the co- of the college. Um, the first update talked about C alerts, which are the three messages that we received during the lockdown, as well as the UChicago Safe, uh, which is an app that is used to access information, uh, safety information relating directly to the university. And the second update from uh, Eric Heath talked about what it actually means to shelter in place and the protocols that students should um, follow during an event like this. So as far as sheltering in place, I know some of you were on campus. Did any of you have to shelter? Yeah, I I did. I was in a lab for my biology class um, and I was ready to go and our biology TA asked us to stay for just another 15 minutes just to be safe. This was after, I think, like the second alert, something like that, but it was just precautionary. What about you, Charlie? Yeah, so I was in Cobb at the time in my Spanish class. We canceled the listening portion of my Spanish exam and I almost had to cancel my following exam. Um, we actually saw the helicopter that was circling campus right outside our window. Ram, you can see it too, right? Yeah, I was actually on the seventh floor of Logan, so uh, including the helicopter, I also saw the police car zooming by. In other news, we have some updates from the IOP. Quinn? That's right. So on Wednesday, Pete Buttigieg, mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and likely presidential candidate for 2020, uh, visited the IOP and had a conversation with Associated Press reporter Sarah Burnett. So what did they talk about? So one of the big issues that Buttigieg has so far talked about uh, publicly and at this event is gun control. Specifically, he talked about his support for background checks and a ban on bump stocks. He also talked about his concept of intergenerational justice. Through this, he's kind of identified with millennials and said that issues like climate change, gun control are all new issues that the millennial generation is dealing with. In relation to this and climate change, he also gave support for the Green New Deal. He also spoke pretty candidly about coming out as gay in 2015, how that affected his re-election process and his relationship with then Indiana Governor Mike Pence. In some perhaps Valentine's appropriate news, we have a little update about loneliness. Right. So Professor Stephanie Cacioppo, director of the Brain Dynamics Lab at the University of Chicago, is developing a clinical treatment for loneliness. Finally. Thank God. (laughs) Cacioppo and her team have been testing the drug pregnenolone on patients experiencing perceived social isolation since May of 2017. This drug is a natural neurosteroid that decreases in individuals when they are removed from social interactions. Cacioppo believes that giving her subjects pregnant alone could potentially counteract some loneliness-related biological changes in the brain. So that sounds great, but how does this actually, how does a pill actually cure loneliness? Well, there is no cure for loneliness, but this drug can act like electrolytes for a dehydrated person. 
The ultimate solution to dehydration is water, but the electrolytes you know, are essential to restoring bodily functions after severe dehydration. So you could liken this to feeling socially isolated. So do you think Cacioppo is trying to say there's something between being lonely and being thirsty? Probably. <laughs> I mean, it seems like a logical conclusion to make. So when is this going to hit the markets? Uh, she does not have a, a, an ending date, but she has been working on it since 2017, so I'm sure they're making some great progress on this. Nevertheless, it didn't make it in time for Valentine's Day this year, but hopefully it will be for next year. This has been the weekly week seven of Winter Quarter. I'm Charlie. I'm Isaac. I'm Rob. I'm Quinn. Music for the weekly was produced by Aaron Sendin. See you next week. <laughs>